Welcome to the fish meeting. Four friends and disciples of Jesus Christ have been meeting and discussing God's word over the past 10 years with over 100,000 minutes together studying the scripture. And now they are making that study available to you. Listen in as they bring the Bible into their everyday lives. All right, so let's get started this morning with a prayer. Um, does somebody want to offer our prayer to open? I can pray. All right. Um, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the time. We thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for giving us the desire and the energy to come together each week as um, a group of friends who truly love you and truly want to learn more and more through your uh, word. Um, we thank you for all the blessings that you give us every day. We thank you that Sherry gets to spend time with her family. I thank you for the time I get to spend with, I'm sorry, I should say Sherry and Tim because they're together with their, uh, their family, uh, for the opportunity for me to spend time with my family who are here uh, visiting and Sunil with his family. He's uh, so blessed to have uh, so many godly uh, children uh, that he leads and his wife and they have uh, extended family. So we thank you for all of our families and the ability for us to, to come together. Uh, we thank you for the outcome of the uh, Bella's MRI and uh, uh, for giving her the opportunity to um, heal and um, pray that she continues to have wisdom in the decisions that she makes so that she heals quickly and can get back to playing her sports and, and other activities. Um, we ask you to uh, come be with us, open up our minds and our thoughts and our, our um, discernment as we, as we uh, read your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Praise God. Before we get started, I have to tell you guys something really quickly. I'm very excited about something. So you know, you all know how my son Ross... Um, you know, he's a believer in a higher being. He just doesn't have the full spirit and the meaning of being a Christian yet, right? And so it's been weighing on me a lot, and I've been praying about it. Well, <clears throat> the other day, he was asking me something, and I finally just said, I can't answer that, Ross. I said, it's, you have to just talk to Uncle Tim, because it's too difficult to, to, to answer you properly when you've not never read the Bible. You know, you do your research on everything else. I don't understand how you can not read the Bible and try to argue with, with people who have. And he said, well, you know, if I end up getting a Bible, I'll read it. Well, you know I had an Amazon deliver it in a day and a half. <laughs> and so he got this Bible. All right. Now, last week, Tim was, we were talking on this fish meeting about if you started to read the Bible, it would be good to start in Acts for the historical perspective. So I sent that note on Sunday to Ross. I texted him and I said, hey, Uncle Tim said, you know, he goes, too late, which means he started reading from the very beginning. So I am so excited about that. But let me tell you the other part. You know that Ross and Courtney have been trying to get pregnant for a few months and it's not happening as fast as they thought. So here's my prayer. I'm praying that they can't get pregnant, that Ross reads the Bible from cover to cover, prays about it, and then they get pregnant. 
have it because then I'll have a grandbaby and a Christian family. (laughs) (laughs) So keep it in your prayers. (laughs) Well, that would be a perfect a perfect outcome, wouldn't it? (laughs) We sure will. I don't think I'm supposed to be planning, (laughs) but I'm trying. It sounds like Sherry style. Yeah, a little bit. It sounds a little controlling, Sherry, but we'll go with it. <laughs> that's funny. Oh well, thanks for getting me a chance to say that. Yeah, no, that's good. I'm glad that that was during the uh, sermon on Sunday that we probably. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay, so we are um, we are in Luke uh, four sixteen and um, continuing on, continuing on with our study of the of the uh, harmony of the gospel, and so this is the synagogue uh, at Nazareth. And of course, like all of our towns, and uh, you know, in uh, in the world today, or in you know, many places in the world today, there's churches. Um, you know, there was synagogues. Uh, it, it's interesting, you know, when we were in uh, in um, Senegal and um, even in um, in some parts of Rwanda, but not as much. You know, Rwanda's 98% Christian, but um, but Senegal is different, right? That's flip flop. It's it's mostly Muslim, but there's synagogues everywhere. Uh, not synagogues, but uh, Temples, a mosque, mosques everywhere, right? And so, uh, part of I think the belief in that part of the world is if you build a mosque, that you that's one of the things that will cause you to go to heaven. So, so there's these mosques that are like a hundred square feet outside every hut. Yeah, right. (laughs) Not not outside the huts, but in every you know, just kind of in in areas. But uh, but in in this in this time frame, it was synagogues, and there were synagogues in several places. Some of them were huge, like if you think of Ephesus. You know, that had a huge uh, synagogue, Jerusalem, of course. Um, this one was at Nazareth, and so we're going to talk about Jesus, who went there um, after the incidents with John the Baptist. And so Luke 4.16, it says, And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as his custom, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found a place where it was written, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And we'll stop there just for a second and talk about it. Uh, I'm, I'm sure there's some in my church that might um, like to have my sermons that long <laughs> as a difference to the hour that I preach. So that's, but uh, that was a pretty short sermon, just reading from the from the book of Isaiah. Yeah, that was my thought. They must have said, is that it? You're only going to talk about, I, I was just getting, starting to listen. <laughs> right. But he did say a lot of stuff in there, right? Because he said, uh, found the place oh, for yeah. Right, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Right, and of course it was. You know, he was God, but the spirit. You know, he was man. The spirit of the Lord was on him, and we know that the uh, dove descended on him. And John said, you know, behold, the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. Um, this is my Son, in whom I am well pleased. Right, we remember that he was being baptized, and so the the you know the spirit of the Lord is upon him, and because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to who to the poor. To the brokenhearted, to the to the uh, deliverance of the captives, and to restore sight to the blind. Right, he's coming not to the people that were 
um, in those days the the righteous and the law law keepers in their mind and the you know the ones that felt they were the chosen people and the ones set apart and he was coming to the ones that needed him right the ones that were like it said in there the sick are the ones who need a doctor but he was coming to the ones that were spiritually uh, separated and it, you know it was uh, we've got such a self especially in the United States and other individualistic societies we we think about this in terms of, of from our perspective and um, I always like to try to get out of myself right and and not think about it from an internal or personal perspective but think about it from God's perspective you know he came into the world so that he could save these people that were brokenhearted and, and blind and and um, and he did it because he loved his creation so much I mean I just think that's amazing yeah yeah so, uh, so uh, one thing that I thought of when you read it and what you when when you were just highlighting that is last week we talked about he went to Galilee and you know we talked about he went there to pray to prepare himself because this was the beginning of his ministry the next thing he does is he goes to that synagogue and he announces it so this is just like the and before this it was a secret and now he announces it and he's saying you know, I'm doing this because the Holy Spirit is with me. The Holy Spirit came down on him. And then he gives a summary of everything he's going to do. Yeah. It's like the introduction to a book or a story. He's like, okay, guys, get ready. This is it. So the, the meaning I'm getting from this is uh, to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, uh, that he's saying, I came for those who think they need help. And, yeah. <clears throat> and many times we, we may be discussing a subject and we may know a lot about the subject and we may think in you know, ourselves that I don't need to know more, I know enough already about this subject. And Jesus is saying, and, and he being God, knows that what he's going to do is, is workable or is going to bring fruit only if people have faith and they believe. And the people who think that they are already, they have read, read the Torah from cover to cover, they have kept the commandments, they already know in their mind that there is nothing more to do. We have done everything. So they are not going to put faith into what Jesus is saying here. And also every time he healed somebody, he said, your faith has made, made you whole or only believe. So, so that faith and belief is such an integral part of it. And because I'm not taking the poor as the rich are not poor. You know, they are also poor if they think they need help. So I'm getting that meaning out of this. Yeah. It's a spiritual uh, a spiritual perspective, right? Poor in spirit. Of course, it's poor. Yeah, I mean, you can be poor yeah. and you think you need help. Yeah, you fall into this category. Or you can be literally rich and you think you need help. You also fall into this category. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, and there's another part about this, which is subtle. And, and um, I don't think... Uh, Many of us pick up on it, but um, but they did because he was in the synagogue, right? So he was teaching in the synagogue. These were people who knew, you know, and the, the other thing I think that's a good perspective here is that the New Testament didn't exist, right? So when they're talking about the teachings and when they're talking about what, you know, the scriptures, um, that's all Old Testament at this time. 
And so uh, he was teaching in a place where they were experts of the Old Testament. And when Luke writes in here that he, he re, you know, he reads, so he read this, right? So he opened, he was given the book of the prophet. And, um, and I love the way this was depicted in, uh, in The Chosen. Um, and they go to, the, you know, they go to that, that place where they have the, all the scrolls and choose, you know, choose a scroll to teach from. But, but in this case, he was given uh, this the, the uh, book of the prophet Isaiah, and he reads this portion. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me. And when he reads the part and set at liberty them that are bruised to preach the acceptable year of the Lord, Luke says that he closed the book. And it would have been really apparent to them uh, where he closed the book because they would have known this Isaiah. So let's go to Isaiah 61. That's where he was reading from. And here's the part that he closed the book at. Right, and I think this is great. He says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. This is what he was quoting in Luke. Because of the Lord has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor, he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom to the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he closed the book. The next sentence is, and the day of vengeance of our God. And so that's the second coming of Christ, right? He's yeah. there at the first coming. He's reading from the book of Isaiah, the prophecy that's talking about his first coming. And he closes the book at the point where it starts to talk about his second coming. Because it wasn't time for that yet. Because it wasn't time for that yet. And I think that's amazing. That's cool. Yeah. I love that. That's cool. Wow. <laughs> this is, uh, yeah, no, this is beautiful. There is a similar meaning, not, uh, uh, let's go back to Jesus' first miracle. And this I learned recently uh, I was doing a course on Revelation and the professor talked about it there he said well if I was Jesus the first miracle I would have done was maybe heal somebody and what is this about Jesus turning the water into wine it's you know comes across as a strange miracle and and he said could it be that Jesus is saying or, or this is also indicating that the old in the in that marriage feast the old wine ran out and and now Jesus created the new wine could it be that it's the end of the old covenant and the beginning of the new covenant and and that's why Jesus was saying there my time has not yet come so Mary was you know rushing him into mm -hmm. starting his work so I never thought of it like that for yeah. that miracle and I think it's same kind of thing here too, uh, or, or somewhat linked to yeah. that. I hadn't thought of it. Like yeah, that. that's a that's a beautiful um, perspective of that. You yeah. know, so many of the parables and the things that are written in the Word do have. You know, it's part of that onion skin layer. They have it has so many different and deep meanings. It's so rich. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, it's the same, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's. Uh, I was trying to to think about how to, because it's not, it's not different, right? They're all related, but it builds upon, and and so. Yeah, it's, it's like a deeper, it's a deeper revelation of of the thing. It's not like, oh, it could mean this or it could mean right. that. It's yeah. it's all the same, but you get. Um, it's like tasting. Maybe uh, you know, I don't drink wine anymore, but I I used to. And if it's a really good wine, some you'll taste it and it tastes pretty good. But if it's a excellent wine, you'll taste it. It tastes really good. And then over the next, you know, minute or so, it develops even a better taste. 
you know, it's, and it's, that's kind of the way it is. It's the same good, line. Good tie-in to the first miracle, too. <laughs> yeah. I think they call that. Exactly. The, yeah. Well, someday I'll catch up to you guys because all I was thinking was I he had to do it because he said you have to honor your mother and your father. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. There's probably a component of there. <laughs> Like, uh, darn it, Mom. But I, I like that perspective that uh, that uh, that Sunil brought out because it, mm -hmm. it uh, gives the indication that the new covenant, right, mm -hmm. the new testament, is so much better than the old testament. Yeah. And and um, and it's a hint. And it's a hint, yeah. That not everybody would get. It's like a revelation that's not really revealing anything yeah. yet. Right. So that's cool. Um, okay, well, the so other connection, the other connection that I always have, and I may have said this before when we. We talked about that miracle, but the other connection of turning the water into wine, I always think about the, the, uh, the Passover. And um, when he says, you know, this is, this is my body, um, this is my blood, and I, I always think of this is showing, this is somehow representing the fact that, you know, his blood is now going to cover us, and this wine is now going to cover us. Yeah. Which is the new covenant. Yep. Yeah, that, uh, you know, this is the cup of my blood, um, you know, kind of ties all that together. Mm -hmm. Right. And in the Catholic faith, you, we recall they always pour some, some water into that wine when they're offering um, communion. You know, there's another piece that, that reminded me of that, um, that um, I, don't, I don't hear talked about often either. The miracle, and we're, we're going back, but I think the Holy Spirit leads us in, in these ways, right, um, in these discussions. But uh, th that wine, you know, he, he turned the water into wine, but it wasn't just water, right? It was water that was, in, that was in the ceremonial cleansing vessels, right? So when you think about what you just said with the blood covering us, right, and the, the wine representing the blood of Christ and the cleansing that happens with the blood of Christ, the wine at that marriage in Cana, um, was was that miracle was performed within the ceremonial washing vessels that were used to purify uh, people before they went into the into the synagogue or into the temple. I mean that's a that's a connection that doesn't often get talked about, but that's I think that's important in understanding the connection of that miracle with the with the ministry of Jesus Christ when he was here on earth. Yeah. So just to take that analogy one more one step further. Those uh, ceremonial vessels were holding the water, and Jesus is the vessel that holds the blood that saves us. All right. That's right. Yeah. Cool. All right. So back into Luke, uh, Luke 4. Then he rolled the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. I just got goosebumps. Can you imagine, you know, he, he reads the scroll, he rolls it back up, and he gives it back and sits down. Can you imagine the, the suspense? And then they're thinking, who is this guy? And, and, <laughs> and he didn't read the whole, he didn't read the whole prophecy. What is he doing? And then he says, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And they had no musical accompaniment. Right. <laughs> da -da -da. right. It's a, you know. And I don't no, know. So that was. That was the drop the mic. Right, that was the drop the mic. And I don't know if they were, uh, you know, half, you know, part of me feels like they were excited that he might be, right? So there was there was a buzz, maybe about by this time about about you know this Jesus or Nazareth might be the might be the Christ. So they may have been anticipating, is this guy the Christ? And when he said that, they were like, oh, I knew it. 
or or they might not have been thinking about it at all. And when he said that, they were like, "Wait, what?" Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, it, it, either it one be? of those. Could yeah. It be? Yeah. yeah. Or or blasphemy, maybe even. Right? I mean, I don't know. They, yeah. it, there's so many different reactions they could have had, but but it, no matter what it was, that was that was an amazing thing to say. And and people say uh, that he never claimed to be. Right? The critics say he never claimed to be who he is. And here was read at the beginning the first time that he claimed that. Today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words. Okay, so that answers what I just said, right? They they um, they weren't they weren't calling him blasphemous yet at this time. So all spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son? They asked. Jesus said to them, Surely you will quote this proverb to me, Physician, heal yourself, and you will and you will tell me, do do here in your hometown, do here in your hometown what we have heard you did in Capernaum. Truly, I tell you, he continued, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time when the sky was shut for three and a half years and, they were, and there was a severe famine throughout the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any one of them, but to a widow in Zarephath in the region of Sidon. So that's interesting. Let me stop here a little bit and talk about about this well let's let me finish there's just a couple more verses and there were many in israel with leprosy in the time of elisha the prophet he came after elijah yet not one of them was cleansed only naaman the syrian you remember he was he was cleansed by being dipped three times in the water right all the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this so now they now they start getting angry with him they got up drove him out of the town and took him to the brow of a hill on which the town was built in order to throw him off the cliff. But he walked right through the crowd and went on his way. <laughs> Just walked right through the crowd and went on his way. So what, uh, what was the turning point there in his, in his sermon? When he said, I'm the, I'm the person that, that Isaiah talked about. Everybody talked well of him and, and accepted him. But when he said uh, that he wasn't, um, you know, prophets not accepted in his own town and talked about Elijah and Elisha, what, why, why, why did they turn? Because they're... You're not, our understanding is not his. He had a reason. They, there was a reason that not everyone was saved. But their expectation was that if you can do miracles, you'll do them anywhere that there is one. And that's not the plan. Right. So they didn't understand that. So That's a great perspective on that. Yeah. But now, why did they choose the ones is my next question. So I'm again going back to that belief factor, getting some meaning out of this. Uh, Jesus said prophet is not accepted in his own hometown because those people, they are saying, isn't he Joseph's son? Uh, you know, they, it's very hard for them to accept him uh, yeah. because of their familiarity with him. Right. They They're saw him so as a child. Yeah. So, and, and I think in this whole spiritual business that obviously the, the Bible says that without faith you cannot please God. So that settles there. And, and belief. You have faith. Faith is anticipation. And then you have to believe in it. So I think that's a very, very strong factor. Well, it's not just very, very strong. I think it just settles it that you need that component to get this whole connection of spiritual uh, meaning and then to, to get something converted into a miracle. And, 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 and also when he quotes of Elijah was sent to Zarephath, and not to other places where people were familiar with him. Uh, again, that 
belief factor comes in there that those people are not going to believe. And even, so, so what I'm thinking is that even if God is saying that, that okay, if I send Elijah to these familiar people, whatever I'm saying is not going to work. So that means God has put that part in us. So there is a God component. He releases the miracle. But to make it happen, I think the component is in us of the belief. Yeah. Yeah, and, and belief in who who he is, right? So it's it's not just belief. So often we, you know, we just talk about have faith, right? And you can say that about anything in life, right? Just have faith. But it's it's faith in Christ. And and I think that comes out here too. And, and, and you know, um, I think this is related to what you were saying, uh, Sunil, and the familiarity, because um, if you think about what Christ said to his, his apostles, who do people say that I am? And they said, people say that you're Elijah, or people say that, you know. And then he said, but, but Peter, who do you say that I am? And he says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And, and in this case, they, they all spoke well of him in verse 22. Uh, and then they said, is it this Joseph's son? Right? So in some ways, they're not recognizing him as the son of God. They were saying, this is Joseph's son. And so that's that faith component, I think, right, in, in who he is and trust in him. And this, and this gets back to the idea that we're not the ones, again, when we think about it from, and I don't mean selfish like we think about selfish today, but when we think about it from a self-centered point of view, we can start to feel like our faith and our prayers are the reason that miracles happen. And, and God is the miracle worker. We have nothing to do with it. Our faith and our prayers are just what, what ties us into that power of his. And, and, and without that faith, you don't get tied into that, right? And they're like Simon the sorcerer who wants to, get, who wants to have the power so he can get paid for doing the miracles. They're, they're looking at the miracles that he did and, that not, comes the, and not, the not, not the root of it, right? But, you know, you made a really good point, and I'm going to remember this because I'm guilty of it. I'm going to stop saying have faith if I don't finish it. Yeah. Because that takes out the most important part. And so I feel like we should really be careful with that. Yeah, because it's, it's faith in Christ, right? Yeah, because what, what it turns into is want it bad enough and be assured that it's going to happen. It doesn't say right. through the power of Christ. Right. So that's, that is huge when you really think. It's so simple, but it's really a big deal. Yeah. So yeah. another, so, so, uh, another uh, step forward from faith in Christ is, so Jesus said to, to Peter, you are not saying this because uh, of yourself. You are saying this right. because my father revealed it to you. Right. So that means this for us to know that Jesus is the Christ and, and this is happening because not just of faith, but faith in Christ. That means God has to reveal it to, to us or to the person. Right. Uh, so it, it may not be as free-flowing as, we may think. Yeah, I don't think it is, right? I mean, he, he's the author and the perfecter of our faith. We just have to be receptive to it. And, um, you know, may, maybe, uh, I don't know, if anybody's tried this, it's, it, it's, um, it could be similar. It's so hard to put into words, you know, this type of, of thing. But if you've ever tried to look at one of those paintings, you know the ones I'm talking about where they're just abstract, but if you, if you stare at it long enough, something, a picture emerges. When you try to see it, you can't. The, the, the time where you just kind of relax and, and let your eyes go and just kind of let go, that's when the image comes in. Just look at it. Don't study it. Just look at it. Don't study it. The image comes in, right? Yeah. And that's, that's the kind of thing. We're, we're not the ones creating this faith, right? We're not working or, 
you know, even studying, and, and again, like I said on Sunday, I want people to study the Bible. They should, because if you don't, you're missing out on so many blessings. But we're not the ones that are, that are working so that it happens, right? When we just let go and let God, that's when he creates the faith in us. And I, and I got a, um, as I studied for tomorrow, um, I, I was looking at this in a new perspective, and I don't know, maybe we'll, we'll see how this sounds, but... You know, I'm continually trying to reconcile the works and the and the the grace, right? Because just like Paul says, you know, it shouldn't be salvation by grace through faith shouldn't be um, received as if I don't have to do anything. I can just continue living the way I want to, and everything's fine. But the reality is, it's clear we don't work our way into heaven. And so, so here, you know, here's how I was kind of reconciling in my mind. We 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 should, and and I don't know. I want to say the word need to do good works in order to be saved. But it's not us who does it, right? The Paul says that. When I do the good things, it's not me who's doing it. It's Christ living within me. And so the good works that come through us are Christ working through us. It's not, it's not that we're doing it on our own to please God, right? right. And, so, and so what the, uh, the idea of salvation by grace through faith is, is you can't look at somebody and say, hey, I did it, right? I'm better than you. You need to be like me. Because it's the faith in God that works through us. And so, um, which is know. why you can't work your way into heaven. But, but we've always said that one part, you, it's true. You can't work your way into heaven, but you have Christian responsibilities. And the very basic one is opening your heart to hope in that. Right. Well, and that's that, it. Right. And, and even it's opening your heart to it because the faith that saves, even that is a creation of yeah. God. It says he is the author and the perfecter of our faith. But unless we open ourselves up to Christ, that can't happen. So here's a funny thing. Uh, and the reason that it's already in us is because of a Bible study that I did with Cheryl. And it talks about how the reason you can never find out that a woman's pregnant, for, no matter what science can do for a certain amount of time, and it, it, it talked about the fact that that's when um, the, the Holy Spirit is, is talking to the baby and planting. Right. Now, if you were an embryo, or not even... What is it at that point? Zygote. Zygote. How, if you, a mustard seed would have, you'd have to have something so tiny. Uh, that's right. <laughs> so maybe that's when the mustard seed was planted in us. And yeah. then it's, it's a revived when we open our heart to it and then it just blooms. So I'm sure, you know, even the zygote is not as big as a mustard seed, but still just the thought of all that tying together is interesting. Yeah, it is. I like that. Uh, I like that view of that time. God has along with us, yeah. Which tell, which also talks about how horrific abortion is. Oh my gosh, yeah. I could never. I mean, no, that's. Um, hey, that's, can I go? Can I go back um, a moment? Um, sure. So to the the reading, you know, the the people were all upset because um, he wasn't doing the works in their town, right? And and you talked about. You know, even Elijah, there were all the the widows or there were all the lepers and he only picked certain people. And the, the, the problem is that the people were looking at Christ to being, they wanted him to be like a, a person who practices divination, who will come and be, they didn't know about Santa Claus then, but they wanted somebody who was like a Santa Claus, like, I'll tell you what I want, you give me what I want. That wasn't why he... Came. He came to choose people, to have followers, to to spread the gospel, to save people. 
And he chose those who he was going to perform miracles for very intentionally. He wasn't just spreading out miracles to people. Yeah. You know, he, he, he did it to people so that they would, you know, it would be an obvious change that when they accepted Christ, and, and, and this goes to what Sunil said also, we have a role in that, just like we have a role today. He freely will save us, but we have to accept it. Right. So, so you know, that's the, that's the challenge with grace and works. It's not really works of I'm going to perform to make it to heaven. To me, the work is I'm going to accept it. It's not, it, it's not a heavy lift, although until you do it, it feels heavy. I'm going to give up all this. Is it really, you know, and... Those are just a couple things I was thinking that I thought were important to articulate. I think we all agree with that. But yeah. and, and saying there, uh, how uh, Tim was saying that, that the revelation happens to us when, you know, we are relaxed and not having stress. Uh, and that is, of course, there is a verse in the Psalms that says, be still and know that I am God. Uh, I, I think I was attending some kind of a lecture or a seminar, or, and somebody mentioned, oh, how many times do you get ideas when you are at work, creative ideas? And most of the people said, no, we don't. And uh, he said, uh, or this person said that a lot of these creative ideas come either when you are in a shower, you're walking your dog, right. uh, you know, or doing something like that kind of activity. And that all leads to or points to that lack of stress that Tim was talking about. And, and same thing, Bible is saying, be still and know I am God. So, so that's so important in, in all this. If we want to hear from God, it has to be something like that because that's when most of this talking or hearing from God, and sometimes that's why God chooses to reveal things to us in dreams. There. That way, we, we, we can't have uh, any more distraction there. So, so staying still is, is, is a big component of hearing. Yeah. Uh, um, that, that, uh, that clarified something in my mind, too, Sunil, because it's about what God wants, not what we want, right? And too often, we're thinking about what we want. Even if it's thinking about what we want to do for him, we're thinking about what we want. And when you sit, when you sit and listen then you, you, you understand what, what he wants because it's his will. Why is Mary and Martha coming up this weekend? That's like <laughs> the third, you know, think about yeah. that. You know, and I'm sure, while I might know Mary and Martha, I can't remember which one was which, <laughs> right. but the one doing the dishes and planning everything really thought that that was the best plan, but right. it shows such mortality as compared to yeah. the one who was just listening and being quiet to, to Neil's point and just listening to what he had to say, so. Yeah, yeah and, 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 I think maturity in, in Christianity comes when we're willing to do what we don't want to because we, we've understood that it's his What's will. better. Yeah. yeah. All right. So now he's going to call his next disciples. So we're uh, flip over to Matthew 4, going from Luke, from the doctor to the tax collector. And uh, Matthew 4.13, leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulon and Naphtali to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah. Land of Zebulon and land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people living in darkness, right? The, 
Think about what was said in Luke about the, the sick. That's where he came. Right? The people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of, sh of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. Draws to mind uh, Psalm 23. Right? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall be your no evil. Uh, from that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come. What, do they, what is he asking people to repent of? Right? Repent means to change your mind. Um, and I think you know, behind this is that idea that they were going to be conquerors. And this, and this fits into what we were saying, I think, about faith. You know, they, uh, Israel had been the world power of the day and, until they weren't, right? And now they were living under Roman rule. And what they were looking for in this coming Messiah is somebody that would come and conquer Rome and, and restore Israel to world power. Is this what they're going to say about America? It's exactly what they're going to say about America. And we're going to be the people in with the rest of the slaves that are saying, we need yeah. to get back to God. We need to get back to God. Except for we're going to be under China rule instead of... Yeah. But they... Um, so uh, And so what he's saying is repent about how you're thinking about this, right? Uh, change your mind about, about what you're expecting in the Messiah for the kingdom that you're looking for, right? They were looking for the kingdom of Israel, but the kingdom that was prophesied that kingdom has now come near. Well, and think about how important that is. It's not just because it's the right way to think. Mm -hmm. But if they didn't change their mind about that, they wouldn't be, back to what we said earlier, open to what was yeah. going to happen. And that would be that would be a stumbling block for them. Yeah, and the kingdom of Israel would have been a benefit to them, right? The kingdom that, that Christ bought, brought in this, and bought with his blood, but brought in this new testament right this new um this new covenant of love was to benefit others right so the kingdom of god that christ brought benefited others the kingdom of god they were expecting the kingdom of israel would bring benefit to them now the truth is the second coming is going to restore israel right to that to that kingdom you know that was the world power but the first coming was much different he came as a suffering servant uh, not to condemn but but to to save Second time he comes, it'll be to you know that that the part of Isaiah that he didn't read, right? For the vengeance of God, and that'll be a time that those who rejected him uh, and haven't put their faith in you know, will be be called to the carpet for that action, and those who have will be you know will be reconciled to him. And I think there's a special you know that might get us into some of the um, eschatology study, but there's you know there's a different. There's a difference for the Jewish nation of Israel than there is for the Gentile unbelievers because they'll be they'll be called back to him and every knee will bow, they'll recognize the one that they pierced and you know, that's gonna be a special time when when his chosen people are brought back to him. The, what is it, um, Cheryl, that you say? Is it the shingles will taken off their eyes? What is it? Yeah, the, it's the scales. The scales. Right? Scales would be taken off their eyes, yeah. Yeah. Yep, just like uh, Paul. So I find it interesting and this this may be just a bizarre thought, but in the beginning when they said where he went to Capernaum to live, and then it says this is to fulfill the prophecy, I'm thinking to myself, did Jesus tell that to Matthew? Is that why he can write that there? Because who is Matthew to say this is why something happened? Um, and there are, I don't know if that's the only place, but every time I hear that, I just get this... Uh, this weird feeling about in the Bible saying this is why something's happening, uh, and I'm, it must be that that Jesus told him we're going here because this this will show 
that it fulfills it. Yeah, maybe, but don't forget that, that uh, what Matthew penned was inspired by the Holy Spirit. Right, but uh, so it may not be Jesus, maybe the Holy Spirit that told them, but it's not, I guess the point is it's not human people right. saying that. That's exactly it's, right. Is my point. Yeah, that's my point that I think, say, you see, the Bible's not real because the humans are trying to, to say this is why this happened. And um, it's, it's not the people who are making this up is what my that. point is. The Bible's real. Human interpretation, of course, right. is another story. Or when yeah. they read half the scripture right. and they don't, yeah. Or pull out stuff that they want to. Yeah, to support what they think. I th that reminds me of two things that I heard um, that I, that I kind of held on to. And number one is there's only one interpretation, right? So people, in, in this kind of discussion, people say, well, that's your interpretation. There's only one correct interpretation, but there's many, there's many ways to apply that interpretation, right? Um, but the other one uh, is that the Bible is not a book that man would write if he could. You know, if I was writing the Bible, I would probably uh, not include some of the things that, you know, are harder for us to, you know, to read and, you know, maybe um, change some things a little bit. But man wouldn't write the Bible the way it was written if he, if he could. Uh, but he also couldn't write it even if he would because of the type of knowledge like like uh, like uh, Cheryl was just saying um, things like this was done in order to fill the prophecy we wouldn't have a man wouldn't have the knowledge that it would take to write the Bible that way so um, I love that saying man wouldn't write the Bible he, you know the Bible isn't something the man would write if he could or could write if he would right well I know that's true because I wouldn't have put numbers in there. <laughs> right <laughs> um, that's funny. <laughs> that was why I said to start next, by the way, because I said most a lot of people uh, read it like a book, right? And they open to the first page and they start yeah. in Genesis, and and then they get to the uh, you know to the first uh, couple chapters and start the begats, and they go, right? This isn't doing anything for me. Right. It, so but I'll it. tell you something. That's also the reason why if it takes the first time you read the Bible to get that concept, that's why you need to read the Bible again. Right. And again, yeah. because like when we read scripture, and we've all talked about how it's more revealing, it even happened today, it's more revealing each time that you read it. Just think when you read the Bible from cover to cover, yeah. or even if you start in Acts, like you said, but if you actually read the whole Bible, and the Bible app has good programs that help you get through it in a certain amount of time, just think about how much more depth you're going to have every time. Yeah, absolutely. So, I yeah. need to start from the beginning again. Yeah. So, Sherry, that would be also a good uh, thing to share with Ross. Yes. That to understand the Bible, it's not going to be helpful to just read it as a book. It yeah. is something that you will really enjoy and understand if you are born again. Mm -hmm. So the concept of born again, I think, should be explained. And, 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 and also in the context of that, then the understanding is is really deep and meaningful and uh, because that's how it happened to me I didn't understand it before I read it many times but after I was born again this thing really lit up and uh, gave me the new meaning yeah but so, you know it's funny Sunil because obviously the Holy Spirit understood you or you would have never read it a few times before you were born again and that's a miracle in itself yeah, right. that is true <laughs> Yeah, it's supernatural. I mean, it's a supernatural experience, and that's uh, that's something you can't just tell somebody, right? That you know, I don't think uh, our faith in Christ is 100% experiential, right? Um, 
but I think there's an experiential part of it, right? I mean, no, it's true because we feel that it's so. All right, well, there's uh, just a couple minutes left. Let's just finish this section where he calls, uh, it'll be a teaser for next week, I think, uh, where he calls his first disciples. And Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee. He saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. And once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, the sons of thunder, they're called later, right? They were in uh, a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. And Jesus called them, and immediately left the, they left their boat and their father and followed him. And there's a, that's Matthew's rendition. I think Luke, um, I think the other uh, the other gospel writers add some color to this uh, to this part. Um, uh, Mark and Luke. So John is the only one that doesn't talk about these callings, but um, let's let's take a look at, uh, at uh, Mark real quick. You know, I was disappointed in the chosen that they didn't look like Sunil and Andrew. Uh, <laughs> did you? How far have you got? I can, I don't know which episode I have to yeah. check it, but I'm enough to watch that. And I, yeah. you know, how when you don't like, I was listening and I was I was not watching it. I was just listening. Yeah. And so you know how you picture a character, right. and that was like the best, easiest one for me to picture. Yeah, because they had. This. Yeah, and then, then when I saw him, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Um, you got to watch it, though. You can't just listen to that one. But uh, now, uh, so this is what Mark says. Now, as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And Jesus said to them, Come ye after me, and I will make you become fishers of men. And straightway they forsook their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little further thence, I'm reading the King James, uh, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his John, his brother, who were also in the ship, uh, mending their nets, and straight away he called for them, and they left their father Zebedee in the ship with the hired servants and went after him. And then uh, let's see what uh, Luke says. Now just think about the miraculous power of Jesus at that point, because think about it. Some stranger walks up and you walk yeah. away from your life. Right. You know, that had to be, that was like the first miracles that nobody pays attention to. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's the faith. Right, and and I and that's what I liked about the chosen is is that um, it it personified that in a way that's hard for us to do in our minds. When you watch the interaction that happens between Simon uh, and Andrew, that shows that struggle, right? That we all have when God calls us to leave our life and follow Him, and and it's and it's they didn't they didn't continue to fish and and then fit Jesus in when they could, right? They didn't change. They didn't simply change from synagogue to church. They left their lives as fishermen and followed Christ. And, and that's what it means to be a disciple of his. Now, I'm certainly not suggesting to everybody listening that everybody's called to leave their job and, and follow Christ. But that's the, some are, right? And, and, and that's, the, that's the piece. When, when you think about other scriptures where he says, if you, uh, if you don't hate your father and your mother and your brother and your sister, then you're not a follower of mine, right? And, and he's not saying that we should hate our family. But what he's saying is, I should be so important and so loved in your life that everything else feels like hate, right? That's the way we should love Christ. And when we think about this love, it's, 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 a, it's an agape, right? It's an active verb love, not, not an emotion, um, just a warm feeling, right? Um, but, but that's the importance that we should put in, in him. And, and when he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and the second one is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. Those two things 
sum up what what that you know what we're talking about here in that faith, right? The faith that it takes. I mean, you, if you didn't love Jesus that much, would you have left your father on the boat to clean the nets to follow him? I mean, you, they couldn't have done it, right? And so, um, I think that's an amazing picture. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I that's love that. Nicely summed up. Yeah. All right, so we'll save uh, Luke for uh, next week when we uh, when we talk about this because Luke is the one that adds a little bit to the details of this, which I think are good. But uh, but let's uh, let's close our study today with a prayer. Heavenly Father, uh, it's just uh, it's just, and Alexa wanted to get in on our prayer. Did you? <laughs> <clears throat> All right, Heavenly, sorry about that. Heavenly Father, we uh, it's just amazing to feel your spirit at work in these studies. We know that as we study the living word, that we're guided through the Holy Spirit to understand what we need to understand at that time. Not that there's many interpretations of the scripture. It meant one thing when it was inspired through the Holy Spirit. But, but Lord, it brings us into deeper knowledge of you every time that we read it. And, and so we just, uh, we just pray thanks to you for giving us that level of understanding. And we just ask for your blessing upon the study and for your blessing upon anybody that might be listening uh, that uh, this helps us to grow in our faith with you, not that we're generating that faith ourselves, but to understand that you are the author and perfecter of our faith. And even if that faith is the size of a mustard seed, the power that you have, if we just trust in that, it'll grow to a faith that can move mountains. And so, Lord, we just ask that you be with us, that you watch over us, help us to, to spread your word. This is a time for us to be prepared to be to be uh, to be your witnesses in the world. We know that the power that we have through the Holy Spirit, first and foremost, is to be witnesses of yours. And so we just ask that you be with us as we witness to the truth that's that is found in you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 This has been a production of the Fish Meeting Bible Study Group. Thank you for listening and be sure to tune in next week as we continue our study of God's Word. Until then, live what you learned.